Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I am your co-host, DM Josh, aka uh, I almost forgot my name, Three-Eyed Sloth. <laughs> also, also with me, as usual, is the other co-host, DM Neil, aka Joe Maniac. Howdy, sir. Hey, we're back. We are back. And we didn't go I anywhere. Apologize for this really scratchy third voice that I've got today. That's because he went and saw too much wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. I got the guy got thrown and then he got panned and it was pretty great. Yes. With that. Nope, I can't make a segue out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, but I can't do it. So we are going to tie back to episode 101, World Building Monarchies. And the guest for that one, I say guest, but it was the first time you heard the voice of DM Ian. And it was actually like a super popular episode from what I would understand based on the forum interaction. And if you want a amazing conversation that continued, definitely head over to the forums and check out our episode breakdown area. And there is probably like pages worth of conversation about monarchies and how to set them up, which kind you should use and on and on. So kind of playing off of that, I built Diamnastics number 84, Monarchy Madness. My, my alliteration continues, folks. Always. And it's just easier that way when I come up with titles. It's all <laughs> I can do. You have a thing and you're good at it. That's okay. I actually ended up making 84B because 84 was so popular. And to continue the alliteration even further... I entitled that one more monarchy madness because why not? I'm I'm sad that you didn't go with mega monarchy madness personally, but you know, that's okay. Everyone, please go make, make it so that I have to make an 84 C and make that mega more monarchy madness. Ideally you need to get it all the way to 84 M. Uh, uh, no, please don't. Okay. I don't want, I don't want that. (laughs) You're just going to be stuck on this one episode for a long time. Oh, so with that, though, I tossed up the always amazing map of the world of Dayaimbe that was done by none other than Whipstash, and I started kind of carving off some pieces of that to talk about. You know, I mean, there's very few established areas in by name and everything like that. So I carved off a piece, and it is in the northern area, you know, and so probably a more frigid climb. It... Frigid climate, whatever. Climb it. Eh, whatever. <laughs> climate. Mountains. <laughs> and I also entitled it Vassaror. And from there, I posed to the forum users what type of monarchy would they want. And at the time, the absolute monarchy had rose to the top of the pole. And that's what we started building. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool ideas uh, that people were throwing around. And I like that you had a couple of different, you know, types of historical monarchies and people kind of talked about like why they preferred one or the other or, or that kind of stuff. So it was it's a really neat con- uh, conversation happening. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And then once it was decided, though, it kind of, you know, essentially because of prior diamnastics that had been established, you know, there is a Viking based area. So that's kind of playing into that idea that Vassaror would be a sort of viking or more clan based area and then the question is if it's a monarchy an absolute monarchy who then is our monarch yeah it's a good question 
a little bit of a definition for people that might not be familiar with what that absolute monarchy necessarily is. I mean, it's one that's maybe you've you know, a lot of fantasy, you know, stories typically portray, but that's one where, you know, one ruler has total authority over everything. They're not restricted by any laws or anything. Um, whatever they decide, that's what goes. So it's not necessarily like a queen or, you know, king of England type of situation, like not like that type of monarchy, but much more like maybe Dr. Doom, you know, type of mm-hmm. monarchy. So that's that's what was decided here, just so people get an idea of, of what that looks like. So, yeah, look, I know some people talked about, uh, let me find it here. Some people mentioned uh, they were trying to come up with some ideas of what the monarch you know, what race he was, uh, what he looked like, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and that actually ties into um, what my forum pick is. <gasps> Fancy that. Ooh. So the forum post that I wanted to highlight for this episode was by none other than DM Exitium. I pronounced it correctly this week. Go me. You did it. And it, it actually ties into a couple of different posts so i don't want to take away from a previous post from from user frotastic i believe is how you pronounce that but he there's a couple of people anyway without going too deep down that hole a couple of people mentioned uh some ideas one was a dragonborn specifically a white dragon background and then frotastic brought up a point that he would like to see goliath actually and in terms of like what people are voting for and he wanted to bring that forward DM Exitium proposed maybe, hey, why not why not both ideas? So his post was very short, very like not elaborate at all, but yet I really liked the imagery that it it evoked. So still keeping with the Viking inspired background and setting, but basically like Goliaths are part of like the aristocratic class and they're respected more than like other races in that region. It's almost like a caste system, you know, where Goliaths so there's still like this this dragonborn that rules over this this kingdom uh but within that kingdom there are obviously there's a hierarchy of of cast you know within there and goliaths are near the top if not the top because their battle prowess you know this viking civilization like they they obviously love and respect battle and those that can fight so that would make a whole lot of sense that goliaths are near the top of the respected you know on the totem pole so i just i liked that a lot and i i, I like civilizations that are diverse you know especially fantasy ones because a lot of times they get too segregated it's like this is the elf territory and this is the dwarf territory and it's only dwarves and it's only elves and that and it's like that's that's kind of boring you know uh so (laughs) it was it was a cool visual that i really appreciated so that's my that's my pick for this week i like it well and it makes perfect sense because you're gonna have traditionally nomadic and barbaric peoples and there are different races that fall under that category one of which of course is human which has been talked about in the world of day and Bay before so you could have like humans be more on the bottom end of this scale if mm-hmm. you will because we're talking about dragons so it's fun when i say scale hey and then you have goliath more near the top but you have that cast of dragonborn more specifically white dragonborn because we're in the frozen north if you will and they rule because they are able to withstand the harsh climate more so than anybody else so one of the things that i proposed was how do other people view this country are they hated by foreign countries are there tentative relationships that they formed or you know of course strong connections 
As you can well imagine, an absolute monarchy is probably not going to fall into the latter category because it's an absolute monarchy, and that's how that works, for the most part. So, Laser Sniper presented the idea that their outsiders would view them as a strong nation. While you know, they don't have this immense amount of power, you have strong people. like They're barbaric, and they're nomadic, potentially, and they're living in this harsh climate, and they're just strong people. And not only that... How are you going to go? What are you, how are you going to deal with them? You, you, I mean, you're just going to swoop in and put on a lot of like warm clothes and hope for the best. I don't know. So I think that they convey the strength that other people respect. And there are some tentative trade relations that are working, but all the old traditions are held and the class system and everything like that. And one of the biggest items that they could export is dragon scale and bone. I would, you know, from white dragons that exist in the area, but with the caste system and the absolute monarch it is absolutely forbidden for those things to be exported because of the respect that they have for them, especially, you know, and again, going back into that nomadic, the tribal feeling. And it's like, no, no, no. Our monarch is a white dragonborn. We are not going to ship out what is most likely white dragon items. And just like kind of the tension that is held there because essentially, you know, other nations could assume that they're being, you know, they're hoarding it. And again, hoard dragons. Good times. And, <laughs> you know, and this could create a tension that could spur some kind of either mission or conflict of some sort. It's great. So, the other thing that happened was, like I said, this one got a lot of love. And a lot of the things about the monarch have been set up. The other thing was, though, that eventually the federative monarchy was actually voted the highest at some point. So, I said to myself, I said, self, there's a lot of Dayan Bay. Why not carve off a few extra pieces? So I did exactly that for 84B, where so essentially both federative and elective monarchies could started to kind of climb up to the top. So I carved off a piece in the northwestern part of Dayaimbe, and I entitled that. Hmm. <laughs> How would I say that? U-N-U-D-I-R-I-S. Unaduris? Unaduris. Sure, we'll do that. Unaduris. Yeah, so I entitled it Unaduris, and essentially it is a very wooded area. Um, and I believe that there were some interesting things that had happened there. I think we had um, the a witch's coven that lived inside the body of a treant at one point within inside the forest area there. So yeah, lots of cool stuff already there and it would become a federative monarchy and all the same questions of who the monarch is, how it interacts with other, other nations, everything like that. And then lastly, I actually also created a piece at the very South, which is a, a completely desert place. And I called it, Shell Sharis. And so now we have three nations in the world of Dayaimbe that are ready to receive their monarchy. 
trying to think. I'm trying to think. How much do we want to showcase? I mean, this could be where we lift the mental weights. Um, so let's actually say that. So after I created these, the these didn't get a lot of love, which makes me sad in my heart of hearts. But I will accept this and I will move on because that means the DM Josh and I can lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Sorry, we have to pick up the slack for all, for all the slackers out there. I'm just kidding. You guys did great. Didn't re-rack your weights, didn't clean down your machines. Didn't wipe all that nasty sweat off. Mm-mm. Gym membership has been revoked. <laughs> okay, sir, which do we want? Which of the two do we want to start to tackle? Well, why, do don't, we want the, why don't you go ahead and start things off? So we will tackle Shelsharis because there is little to nothing about it with the exclusion of the very terrifying way in which someone is made king. Of Shelsharis. It's very good. And it was from Edwinsu, where you need to be in possession of a left ring finger. Easy, right? I mean, everyone's got one of those, right? Well, not everyone. Oh. Because a council of men go through multiple rounds of voting, and each round, when someone is voted off, they lose their left ring finger. Oh, man. Leaving the last candidate to be the only one that has it also excluding all other candidates from being able to enter again. Now, granted, we're in a world of fantasy and magic, and I assume people could probably figure out how to um, say, hey, can I have that? And then go to a local priest and maybe get it that put back on. I was going to say, what if there was... Oh, that's a really good idea for a story of some guy who got eliminated from the contention of being king and had his finger chopped off, but then he got his finger regenerated, and so... And then he maybe like disguised himself as a new identity and he was able to go through it again and then became king. That's so good. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) I mean, and you, of course, he has to have, I mean, he or she would have been the second to last candidate from the previous year. Exactly. Almost made it. That's great. You know what? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go ahead and just take the ball and I'm going to run with it. And I'm going to say that that is our, actually, that is the current king of. Shelsharis is someone that, unbeknownst to, you know, pretty much, I'd say mostly everybody, maybe there's a handful of people, but there's a, it's a uh, human male that was a potential candidate pri- uh, previously to be king, but uh, for whatever reason, um, I'm not entirely certain off the top of my head, but for some reason, perhaps, you know, he just wasn't found worthy enough for, you know, what politicking, you know, behind the scenes with the, the council he was voted off, and so his finger was removed. But but him, like, kind of being more, I don't think of it as being clever, but more, like, kind of insidious, almost like a like a little finger from Game of Thrones, like, just very, like, he knows how to play the game, you know, uh, just as well as anybody else. So, like, he had this as, like, a backup plan and was able to get his finger regenerated and basically had his whole identity altered, like, his appearance changed and everything. So that way he could once again enter the... Uh, candidacy to be king and then win, ends up winning it and nobody realizes that it's that same person that was kind of kicked out of the running like maybe the year prior or previously you know for whatever like foul thing that he had done so I really like that a lot. It's awesome. I'm just going with it. I like it because 
so the question that I want to pose, and you know, there's a lot of them here. There's 12 to ask just about the monarch, but it also plays into how the country itself exists in the world of Dayanbe. And the thing that I want to ask is, how do the people under the monarch view them? Is the monarch loved? Is the monarch feared? Or is the word and the personal taste a code in which everyone should live their life? And that's an interesting question, even playing off of what you said, going off of that little finger idea and being able to play the game and the people that play the game might not like them, but that doesn't mean necessarily anything compared to how the people underneath the monarch view them. Right. Well, considering that it is an elective monarchy, and for those that just are curious what that means, an elective monarchy is one where, you know, kind of like we described, you know, they were voted in by this council, uh, but it's it's not hereditary. It's not someone that just automatically becomes monarch because they either say so or because they were born into it. This is one that is actually like voted into the position, either via election or qualifications or something. So I think because of that, like maybe the people are generally kind of split. Like maybe there's a group. I, I would say actually probably most people kind of view it with indifference because they don't get to participate in the voting of who gets to be king. It's this secretive council, you know, that does it all. So the actual people like are maybe, you know, just kind of feel the whole process is maybe just rigged against them anyway. Uh, so there's a little bit of like a disdain or feeling of oppression by the system, you know, because like they don't get to have any say. It's just they're told, you know, who it, who the new king's going to be. And that's that's it. Mm-hmm. And I also like the idea, though, that the person attempts to be as good of a monarch to the people as they can be, because you know, obviously sure. an entire uprising is bad news bears when it comes to being a monarch. Just a little bit. And the you know so they try as hard as they can to make it so that the people at least like them or something along those lines or at least tolerate them so the other interesting question then to ask is what designates that the monarch can no longer rule hmm well do you have any ideas for that one i mean my immediate thought is that someone runs in and chops her <laughs> hand off and then <laughs> you got a problem but <laughs> that's true that would be rough and because it is an elective position and because we have established that the election process is through this very interesting council, the means by which they could come off the th- the seat, you know, become unseated seems very interesting to me. I mean, there's so many ways that you could do it because we've already established, like I said, this very interesting way that where they got there in the first place. And not only that, they've done it a second time where no one has done it before. I could almost see it like... It's, it's again, it's this council. They're the ones that decide it all. Even if the people, you know, are very unhappy, like are just horrifically unhappy with their king. Like as long as the this council is totally fine with, with it, then, you know, king's not going anywhere. Perfect. So that will play into the fact that I, hey, I'll actually use the degrees in college I got. And so this is a very common what? thing. You're not you supposed just, to do that. You're, you're doing, uh, okay. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> You're supposed to get those, shut up, and pay for your student loans for the rest of your life. That's right. Go work at Starbucks. That's what Starbucks is for. Mm -hmm. And how. That's a common thing that happens in businesses where the person that's in in charge of a business, be that a CEO, a president, whatever cool title you want because we're in the age of startups and millennials and fun stuff like that. The person often doesn't actually have to do anything related to the people that are under them, but instead – They are beholden to a board of some kind. 
and they as long as the board is happy it doesn't really matter if anyone else under them is unhappy right because the board is the one that ultimately dictates whether or not they continue to have the job that they have so i really like that concept is that essentially the monarch just has to make sure that these council of uh, council of elders are the people that are happy and you know so much political intrigue just gets to happen from there i mean we've already referenced Littlefinger and having all the right strings to pull on all the council and now you don't lose your ring finger exactly you made the right friends and therefore you're set <laughs> yes as long as someone could convince the council that now's the time then i like it then now is the time <gasps> oh what if the best that they could do though is redo the election process. Hmm. So the person is not actually fully unseated. It's just whenever the council sees fit, they redo the election process. That sounds like a good plot hook for a potential game. Yep. It's a political intrigue that players could get caught up in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all all the players go into the election. That's right. <laughs> so Real quick to kind of finish this out, who is an advisor that we could build for this monarch? So we've got a human male that has essentially run the system and got themselves into the seat. But who is someone that is an advisor to them? Oh, wait. What if? Sorry to backtrack a tiny little bit. So he's a human male. But what if he's not? What if the whole thing that he was previously like? a elf or maybe he was a a halfling or something and then as part of his you know complete altercation of his physical appearance like he totally like appears like a completely different race that's why people don't recognize him through the spell reincarnation (laughs) that's right because he had his finger chopped off he had to be completely reincarnated no 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 they were willing to die and get reincarnated because then you come back as a different uh, race. That's the sound of my brain just exploding all over my monitor. Got it. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I want a advisor. I want a crusty old. I want a crusty old advisor who's been there for countless people in the seat because that always makes me happy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, my go-to would be a dwarf, but I don't want that because I want something else. Not something that's actually cool, so I get it. That's fine. As a person with a beard, you <laughs> stop that. What if it was a more exotic type of uh, race, like this advisor was, you know, is an advisor because maybe like they, one, lived a long time and, and maybe have an, an, like a very much longer lifespan than a typical human, but maybe it's maybe belongs to a race that is kind of exotic and therefore has seen a lot, you know, more of the world than others have and so kind of has a little bit more of like a broader experience you know that they bring to that position mm-hmm. i'm almost like some kind of like rat folk or something like that would be kind of cool whoa i don't know would that be too far would it be too far i don't know i don't know i just i like the visual a lot kind of like a old like master splinter like you know very wise older yeah we're in a super crazy world we can do what we want yeah if you look at if you look at volo's guide done <laughs> Yes, it's pretty much just Master Splinter. Okay, there you yeah, go. But but Master Splinter from the newer, not that great movies, where he's kind of a jerk the whole time. Oh, and that was like one of the things that I really didn't like about the movie. I was like, why is he so mean? <laughs> and why does he sound like that guy from Monk? Oh, because that's who they got to voice act. Right. How dare you? 
if you if you don't like that master splinter you probably shouldn't read the new comic book series that's going on right now because he's it's i know right it's pretty crazy tangent tangent master splinter master splinter runs the foot clan i'm just saying it's crazy it's bananas it is. It that series is so good. It is very but right good. now. It is just like what is happening. Oh my god! How could you do this? <laughs> so good. Oh man. Well, okay. Before we tangent too hard on all of that, and hey, you know what? Maybe you want to tell us about how crazy you think Master Splinter leading the Foot Clan is. <laughs> I think we earned that tangent. Dang it! That was a, that was some good weightlifting. Okay, I'm with you. Or if you want to. Tell us about the monarchy you have or tell us about how crazy we are and the things that we should do and change for the monarchy here in the world of Dayimbe. Then you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. And again, you can always head over to our Twitter and follow us there at dmnastics. Or if you want to follow me, it is at Jokemaniac. You can also follow me at Josh Clyde or the work that I do over on YouTube at Pocket Meeple. Feel free to hop over to uh, the network that we belong to over at blockpartypodcastnetwork.com for more. And I want to implore listeners to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as other conversations that are being had all the time. And to do that, you just head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and you try some DMnastics so your players don't have to ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting, I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you.